You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome, folks. Here we are today. Uh, it's a great day. I don't know where you are, but it is a great day here with us. We've got at, at least our second or third consecutive sunny day uh, in a row. Now, it hasn't been very hot, uh, but it's been very nice. And uh, here in Georgia, we're on our way to the 80s. I believe by this weekend, we're going to be reaching 80 degrees. And I can't wait for that. And I know you can't wait either. And you know why? Because there's nothing better to combat the virus than a hot, sunny day. So get your butts outside, get some fresh air, and stop spreading the virus in your home. <laughs> so, all right. All right, you know. There is truth to that, folks. Uh, I mean, I, I joke because we've got to have fun. You've got to have a sense of humor. You've got to. You have to. And uh, there is serious to that, though, folks. There's validity to that. There's data to that. Uh, outside, in the sun, moving around is going to be a much safer place than you than sitting inside. Um, that's just a fact. We're finding these things out, folks. Now there's real data, not models, not models, real data. We now know that almost 70% of the cases of COVID going from person to person happened inside the home. Not outside. It happened inside the home. So like I said a few weeks ago, we're going to get to the point where we're going to have to ask the question, was sheltering in place the right thing to do? Now, am I saying it was 100% wrong? No. Am I saying we need to question? Yes. Am I saying there's real data on the ground that is telling us we need to question that? Yes. Uh, now, do we uh, should we have shut down and put all the elderly homes uh, on shelter-in-place orders? Yeah, that probably should happen. You know, Florida did a heck of a job. Uh, Florida comes to mind. When you look at what they did, they, they immediately put their resources to the elderly homes. And, the, and Florida has not had the elderly death or the elderly outbreak that, say, New York had. Uh, so there are differences on the way states handled this. And there's, so that transforms into real data, which means there's data on the ground that we can actually assess. And we can be adults about it. We don't have to be political about it. We can just look at the actual numbers, the actual data, the actual death rates, the actual survival rates, things that are happening on the ground in this last couple of months. We can review that now, and we can put on our big boy pants, and we can say, hey, what did we do right and what did we do wrong? Now, it may not be the time yet to completely go into those discussions, but we can. As we look to the states who are trying not to reopen their economies, we can say, hey, look – We've got we've got data on the ground now. If you want the cure to kill the patient, you keep doing what you're doing. But if you're old enough and you you're I should say adult enough, and you can take the politics out of this, then you're smart enough to say we cannot have a cure without an economy. We just can't. You can't trade one uh, killing cause for another killing cause. I should say so. Uh, there's just data on the ground, folks, and you can look it up for yourself. There's there's some good numbers. There's some good things happening. Have we eradicated Corona or Wuhan or COVID? No, we haven't. Are we going to eradicate it? Probably not this year. Um, so if you cannot have the intelligence to go, we've got to have a workable solution. Folks, think about this. If, if every 
fall and winter, the media and the government and the CDC reacted to the regular flu outbreak as they have reacted to the COVID-19, would you happily go shelter in place in your home? Would you happily trade your livelihood for security? I don't think so. Uh, we have history to show us that we haven't been doing that. Uh, we've had... I don't, I, you know, I could go back over the numbers. Uh, I believe, I don't know if it, it was either last year. I think we had half a million hospitalizations. The year before that, I think we had 800,000 hospitalizations, all to the normal flu. And you didn't shelter in place. You didn't shut down. You didn't lose your job. You didn't become a couch potato with your hand out saying, Hey, government, where's my money? So all I am saying is we, we now have real data that we can review and we can look at. And we can reopen this economy. We do not have to do it in fear. We are Americans. And if there's anybody in this world that can figure out how to maintain an economy, how to maintain a livelihood, how to do the best and lift more people out of poverty, it's the United States of America. It's our system. Our system's going to do that. We also have the best medical care in the entire world. If you don't believe me, just go look at the recent COVID-19 numbers. Uh, China had a huge head start on us because they, oh, let's see, lied. And then they, they, they convinced the WHO organization to lie about this whole virus outbreak. So by the time we got a hold of it, I would say we reacted. Now, maybe we overreacted with shelter in place. I, we did overreact with trying to get the whole country to follow one plan. That was, in my opinion, not very smart, and I think we're going to find that out. The data is going to bear that uh, down the road. So, but anyway, folks, I, I mean, I know we're jumping into this, and 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 wow, what what a weekend we just had. The news doesn't stop. Um, We've got lots to get to today. I'm going to get to as much of it as, as I can, uh, so bear with me. I may jump around. I may jump from topic to topic um, as as comments come in. I may jump to questions, so uh, bear with me, but there's just tons to get to. It, it, it just, you know, the weekend just is not a slowdown point anymore for, for the news. Um, I've got a huge rundown today. I don't know if we'll get to it all, but um, I we've got General Flynn. We've got uh, Hyden Biden. Uh, we've got the mask hysteria. Uh, we've got the open the economy hysteria. Um, we've got Obama, who is now implicated in the Flynn case, and yes, spying on his political opponent. Uh, we've got uh, Democrats dreaming and the media dreaming that Donald Trump, in fact, the media is demanding to know why hasn't Donald Trump contracted COVID-19? This is your media, folks. This is now, yeah, I'm, I'm being a little funny right now, but I promise you there are people in the mainstream media who are slapping their hand on the table and they're demanding to know why hasn't President Trump contracted COVID-19? I mean, it's sad, but this is the kind of crap that we're dealing with today. Uh, so we've got, we've got, we've got that. We've got, uh, I, I mean, look, folks, I, I know some of you are laughing, and some of you out there are going, Victor, okay, you're pushing the line. I'm really not. Uh, the media is almost giddy that a couple of people in the White House have tested positive for COVID-19, okay? Just look at their reporting. Uh, so when I tell you that there are people in the media that demand to know why Donald Trump hasn't contracted COVID-19 yet, uh, yeah, I'm being a little facetious, but I am telling you I am sure there's 
truth to it. So uh, we also have today uh, Fauci. Fauci has made it to the Senate. Well, let's he didn't make it to the Senate. They did this I be, uh, on uh, probably using Zoom or, or, or some app or some program. Uh, I'm sure they were maybe they were all Skyping. Um, but um, they, 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 they were able to parade Flynn. Um, I'm sorry, not Flynn. Uh, Fauci, Dr. Fauci. And Dr. Fauci was all too happy to get up there today, folks. All too happy. Uh, because, look, I have told you before. I, 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 I recognize the accomplishments of Dr. Fauci. I do. I do. I, I, I recognize. I'm not, I'm not going to impugn his expertise. But what I will tell you is what I tell you all the time. When you have someone who chain, who who went from private life to government life, and they remain in government life for the amount of years as Dr. Fauci and many other bureaucrats, uh, including elected officials, you have to ask yourself, okay, why? So when you look at Dr. Fauci now, who's been in government life since, I believe, the early 80s, you've got to ask yourself how – I shouldn't say how truthful – let me put it, how, how will he prioritize his message? Let me put it this way. How will he prioritize his message? Is he going to against, go against the hand that feeds him? Absolutely not. And, and, I'm, and it's just, there's, there's proof of this everywhere, folks. But I'm sorry, when Dr. Fauci is part of the administrative state, Dr. Fauci's income comes from government. Uh, Dr. Fauci didn't lose any pay this last few months. Dr. Fauci didn't lose, uh, isn't scared of losing his job anytime soon. Just as any government official hasn't lost their job, hasn't lost their pay, and they're not afraid of losing any of of their jobs. So when you hear the administrative state, and when Fauci goes up today and he all you know, he wants to tell you, oh, we can't open too soon. We can't open too soon. We can't do this. We can't do that. Oh my goodness, we can't play sports. We can't. They are doing this because they don't have to worry, because the hand that feeds them is the government. And I am sorry, you've got to be able to pull yourself back and go, okay, is there an agenda here, and from where is that agenda coming? And I don't care who you are when you've been in government for as long as these people have. You, you see this message, this message that's developing where government comes first. And you can see it. You can see it with Fauci. You can see it with uh, uh, Burks. You can see it with, uh, with, with any of these other administrative state people and the bureaucrat people or the big state, whatever, the deep state, whatever you want to call it. The same with elected officials. There is a reason elected officials will fight the people tooth and nail on, on um, uh, term, term limits. Even though if we would get off our derrieres and vote – and hold our politicians accountable, our representatives and senators accountable. Uh, we could throw them out anytime we want, but we don't. And so they they will fight term limits, and they fight term limits anytime it's brought up, because they got to protect the deep state, they got to protect the administrative state. So, so I'm asking you, start thinking for yourselves and really step out of the box. Don't don't think in terms of a D and an R. You guys, I ask you this all the time. You've got to look beyond the D and beyond the R. There is more to life than politicizing everything. And the only way you're going to get to the real truth is if you drop the politicization of it. And 
when and, and look, I include Republicans. The establishment Republicans are just as part of this administrative state as the Democrats are. Uh, so just be wary. So we have that to get to. We also have Elon Musk. Now, Elon Musk is no hero to to the right or to the conservatives or or to the Republicans or or or, or to President Trump. Whatever you want to, you know, if you want to live by the D's and R's, Elon Musk is no friend to the to the to the conservative side or movement. Uh, but I have to hand it to him, and I've said this before. I have told you guys, if. When a shutdown of this proportion of starts to affect certain liberals or, or so-called independents uh, or people that lean left, when it starts to affect their pocketbook, when it starts to affect their livelihood, then you're going to see pushback coming from the left. And this is why I said I believe the shutdowns and, and the the governors of the likes of the Michigan governor, the New Jersey governor, the Oregon governor, um, these the Maine governor. When you're what they're doing, I believe is going to backfire on them, and we're seeing proof in California. Elon Musk, you can't get any more left than this guy, and I mean this guy has a company built off the backs of the taxpayers. This guy truly, you want to talk about cronyism and corporatism and and what you Democrats love to complain about? Elon Musk is in bed with every Democrat and every establishment Republican in Washington because they seized money from you and me, we the people, so he could go and build his electric cars. And then when they wouldn't sell fast enough – the Washington establishment decided to take more money from you and me and we the people to subsidize the selling of the electric cars. And then California, they go a step further and they'll subsidize and gave Elon Musk more of your money so he could sell his electric car. Now, I could do a whole show on that, but I, but I won't. But but I am going to speak – and nothing against Elon Musk. Hey, if, if you've got a, an idea and, and he has a good idea, he's built a pretty good product. And if you've got the government that's willing to fund you, then pff, why not take it? Uh, I don't blame him for that. Uh, but I do blame him for being uh, a, a, a proponent of these liberal, ridiculous policies in, in California. Uh, well, now – it's hitting his lifestyle. He doesn't like the shutdowns. He doesn't like not being able to go to his manufacturing uh, uh, manufacturing company every day. Um, he doesn't like not being able to do all the things he wants to do. And now he's pushing back. So Elon Musk has decided, and I believe as of today or yesterday, he reopened his factory. He has gone against the government of California and reopened his factory. Now, we're all waiting with bated breath that they're going to arrest him. To my knowledge, he has not been arrested yet. But he's out there saying, if you're going to come into my manufacturer and try and arrest my employees, you got to arrest me first. So kudos to Elon Musk. I give him credit, tons of credit for standing up and pushing back against the ridiculous government in, in California, that ridiculous governor in California. California has actually fared very well in this whole virus epidemic, and yet they want to stay shut down. All right, folks, that's just a little taste of what's coming today. So you hang on right there. We're going to go take our first break. Uh, We will be back. Don't go anywhere. This is America's Web Radio on Point with Victor. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is around town movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me and i am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not so fun experience moving 
Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience around town movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, around town movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's around town movers. Call them. This is David Donaldson with the Atlanta Healing Center, conveniently located in Lawrenceville, Georgia. At AHC, your success is our goal. Addiction recovery is about more than just not using. It's about becoming a whole person and addressing all aspects of your physical, psychological, and social needs. Please call us at 770-696-9862, or you can reach us on the web at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. My name is Kyle Hayes, a motorsports student at Alfred State College. Every year, Alfred State students compete in the Great Race, which is a cross-country time endurance rally for vintage vehicles. As you can imagine, it's pretty costly. I'm asking for your help. Your donation can make it possible for these students to live their passion and promote the vintage automobile industry. Please visit our site at give.alfredstate.edu and search Great Race to learn more and help us reach our goal. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Let me do this because I know we ran, we, we we jumped right into things, uh, folks. You are listening to America's Web Radio. This is on point with Victor, and I am Victor Armendariz. Uh, and as I mentioned before break, we tons to get to, tons to get to, and I, uh, I left you guys. My gosh, we were talking about Elon Musk, and and again, credits to him credit to him uh, for pushing back in California because there really is no need. You know, California, uh, they're showing uh, a ton of herd immunity. And if you don't know what herd immunity is, go look it up uh, because we're going to have to, as a country, get to herd immunity. And we're not going to do it by sheltering in place. Uh, and and herd immunity was going on in California before they even did the shutdown. And now uh, they're faring very well. And to keep that state shut down is absolutely ridiculous. And this this governor in California is is a Democrat and he's a socialist and uh, he would love nothing more than to gain as much power as he can, wield as much power as the people will let him, and uh, keep you guys shut down out there in California. And I know I've got listeners out there in California. Um, so in fact, <laughs> in fact, I've got a uh, I've got a question from a li- from a ca- listener from California uh, right now, and this listener. I'm going to have to clean this up a little bit. The listener from California wants to know, in regards to this weekend, and this is a very, very important question, very important question, very concerned listener. Uh, This listener in California wants to know, did the cycling other word for uh, female dogs, uh, did the cycling other word for female dogs uh, have a <laughs> do a bike uh, bike day or bike night or did this past weekend did we go on a ride? And folks, if you don't know what that is, uh, last week uh, we got a nice, myself and a few other people, uh, we ended up, we did a freedom ride and we had a bunch of people join us and, and from there was born a new motorcycle group, riding group, and we call ourselves the cycling uh, other word for female dogs. And and uh, we're going to have to change that name so I can be more – so I can just say what the group is. But but anyway, so yes, listener in California, in L.A. out there, 
We did go riding this weekend. Uh, we had a great time. Uh, we actually uh, found a Mexican restaurant that, you know, now here in Georgia they're opening. So we were able to sit on a patio and have uh, nachos, and, and uh, some people had a margarita. Uh, I myself don't drink, but I had some great water. <laughs> so, um, yes, so, listener California, we, we, went, we went on a motorcycle ride. It was fantastic. The weather was just great. Uh, I, I just, yes. It was awesome. So, so we had to get that important question out of the way. So, uh, but you know, talking about Elon Musk, I am glad to see somebody out there, a business leader, someone who is admired by the the liberal techies in California, the socialist liberal Democrats all over California. Absolutely admire uh, uh, Musk, Elon Musk. They admire him. They put him on this pedestal. So to see Elon finally get pushed to the point where he's pushing back now. He's going against the uh, the governor that I'm pretty sure he campaigned for. Uh, so now Elon Musk pushes back, and I hope this starts something. I really do. I, I, I want to see California get back to normal. In fact, I know it's having an effect. Even before Elon did what he did, uh, the, the governor of California was already starting to – to understand and realize that the people were pushing back on him, and he was starting to uh, at least talk about reopening things and allow things to reopen in California. So uh, you people out there in California, you keep standing up. I don't care which side of the aisle on. It's time for you to fight for your freedom. It's time for you to fight for your liberty. It's time for you to fight for your jobs. It's time for you to fight for your livelihood. And, and it's not just California. You, you guys out there in Michigan, in Oregon, in Maine, in New York, in New Jersey, um, you name it. If it's a blue state, it's time for you to stand up and start pushing back. And if you want to send a big, the biggest message, and especially you people in Chicago, the biggest message, and down in Dallas, Texas. Now the red states aren't impervious to this, impervious to this because there are cities in red states that are run by Democrats. Uh, unfortunately, Dallas has fallen prey to this. Uh, so, so I'm talking to you guys out there as well. Uh, it's time to push back. It's time to stand for your freedoms and your liberties. Um, it's time to take your livelihoods back. And the biggest message you can give these tyrannical, socialist, fascist Democrats that are running these states or these cities, it, the message you can give them is coming around the corner. It's in 2020. It's November. Vote them out all the way down to your local level. The judge, that Nimrod judge who put the salon lady in jail, that dude's up for re-election. If you're in Dallas, you can throw that guy out. Put him on the unemployment line. Do to him what he was so willing to do to you. Vote him out. And as that goes for any governor who's up, any mayor who's up, vote them out. I, I, I am not telling you you have to go run to the letter R. But I am telling you to run away from the tyrannical, the socialist, the fascist letter D. I am telling you to run away from that. So either don't vote for, for your current fascist, socialist, Democrat – or go vote and give the Republicans a chance. You can always throw them out. So make a change. Let your voice be heard. Let the Michigan governor and the and the and the state officials there uh, let them know that you're not happy with them taking away your freedom. Uh, look, we talked about before. There is no 
crisis clause in the United States Constitution that says create a crisis or or if there is a crisis, this Constitution is null and void. That doesn't exist. So it's time for you guys to stand up. It's time for us to be Americans. It's time for us to do that again. Pushback. Let's, 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 let's get rid of – look – the biggest message, like I said, you can send is to vote these people out. The only thing these fascist, tyrannical, socialist Democrats care about is re-election. And that goes the same for some Republican establishment types as well. Um, I'm look, if <laughs> I've told you this before. If you are a Lindsey Graham fan, if you're a McConnell fan, you may not like what I'm going to have to say about them today because you know already I am not a big fan of theirs. And uh, and just because they do a few little good things here and they grandstand over here does not give them a pass for the non-action that they have been doing ever since Donald Trump got elected and before that. Um, so I'm, I, I'll get to some of that today uh, because, the like I said, the, the Republican establishment is not exempt to some of the pushback that we as Americans need to do. Um, now – I, I qualify that or quantify that by saying – calling them the Republican establishment because there are some good Republicans. We I can't say this about Democrats, but there are some decent Republicans. We have the Freedom Caucus, uh, the Jim Jordans and the Gates and, and the uh, – the, the, uh, oh, my gosh. Now I'm going to have a brain fart. Uh, Kennedy down in New Orleans, uh, down in Louisiana, who's a senator from there. Um, these are good Republicans. These are freedom-loving Republicans. Cruz, um, uh, Rand Paul. Boy, did Rand Paul have a great day today in the Senate. His his questioner, his when he gave us a little little speech and question to uh, Dr. Fauci, Rand Paul was 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 right on point. Uh, so so there are some good ones, there really are. But uh, but we are at the time when we need to start throwing out. We need to throw out most of, if not all, of the Democrats. We need to throw out a lot of Republican establishment types. So, um, you know, we'll talk about that as we get down the road closer to uh, to the election time because that that's that is coming around the corner. So, um, all right. So I'll move on a little bit now. Um, I, I look. I, I, I got to say a few things. Um, I'll get to a little bit about what Fauci did in the in the Senate. There's really not much to say. Um, if you watch that today, what Dr. Fauci, the questions he got in the Senate and the the, the display that he put on, you didn't learn anything new. Uh, it was just a big government exercise in uh, allowing the Democrats to continue to try and scare people back into their homes. Uh, that's basically summing up what Fauci uh, was doing with the Senate today. Um, Rand Paul brought up a great point by pointing out that Fauci is not the end-all, be-all. And I would have liked for, for Rand Paul or for Cruz or for somebody to have gone further and said and tell Dr. Fauci, remind him, he doesn't make policy, nor does the CDC. Uh, so uh, I, I would have liked to have them to hit that. And maybe they did. I didn't see the whole thing. Maybe they did. So, I, But I do know that Rand Paul, uh, he, he let it be known that Dr. Fauci is not the end-all, be-all. And it's funny to watch uh, Dr. Fauci's response because Dr. Fauci was, uh, well, I never said I was the end-all, be-all. Yeah, well, you know what? You, you grandstanded all over the place with these uh, with these COVID up, uh, hearing, uh, updates, the, the news updates, and you allowed the media to run with what you were saying, and you never corrected them. And Mr. Fauci or Dr. Fauci, you also were very willing to go on CNN or MSNBC, wherever else you went, and put out the notion that uh, 
that that you were making policy, or that you they needed to listen to you for policy. So, so it's funny to, to so I you know Rand Paul, man, good job, Rand Paul. You 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 put him where he needed to be, and uh, you put him on the defensive, and I and I love it for that. So, uh, also going on. If you know, if you've been living under a rock, or you're you're just such a Democrat sycophant, uh, then you may not know what most of us most of us have known for three and a half years now that uh, General Flynn was completely set up. The FBI, the premier law enforcement, and it pains me to say this, but the premier law enforcement of the land set up a three star general, an American citizen, a man who sacrificed. A lot for his country, a man who went out and earned his place as far as when you talk about people who sacrifice for your country. Um, if you're sitting on your butt up there because you you managed to uh, get voted in to be a representative of, say, San Francisco, and you're living in your mansion with your 10-foot wall, and you've got your $24,000 refrigerator, and your $13 a cup, little bitty cups I'm showing here on camera, uh, well, I'm pretending to show uh, $13 a piece. Uh, you're not sacrificing for your country. But when you're a three-star general and you went through the training that he went through, you've gone through the the deployments that he's gone through, then, yeah, you earn – you have earned the, uh, the, the right to say that you have sacrificed for your country. And, uh, look, I, I am not saying there aren't representatives out there who have – you know, done things for the country. I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is, it ticks me off when you've got people who sat by and allowed the FBI. Now, this is not the the uh, the run of the mill FBI agents. I am not talking to the agents who are on the ground because the agents on the ground they did the right thing, but the the power structure that used to be the FBI, which was Comey and McCabe and Stroke and Page, uh, those people. Uh, they, 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 what they did with the FBI and they, and what they did by setting up a three star, I don't know how they can live with themselves. I really, really don't. Uh, how you can take a man like a three star general and Flynn, uh, a good family man like he is and what he's done for this country and how you can set him up and want to send him to jail just drives me insane. All right, folks, I'm not mad. I'm just right. I'm not angry. I'm just right. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. We're going to take this break. We'll be right back on Point with Victor. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. 
If your health insurance premium is more than your mortgage, Ellen Deal with Ideal Solutions is here to help. Whether you're a small business owner, individual, family, or baby boomer, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com, and I'll respond with three easy questions to help you determine if you can get away from Obamacare. As a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry, I'm here to help with all your insurance needs. Email Ellen Deal at MAGA45CAG at gmail.com. This is America's Web Radio. Would you like to have a show, talk about your business, or express your opinion on America's Web Radio? Just email gm at americaswebradio.com and we'll get back to you. Thank you. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back. Look, you know, I, I got I got something else to say, uh, and, and uh, I had a listener point this out, and and I think they got this from another show too. So I can't take full credit for this, but but I I have talked about this before actually. Uh, but um, you know, the Democrats love love to uh, to complain about corporate welfare and and all this corporate and Wall Street welfare, blah 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 blah. But yet they're perfectly fine getting convincing the blue state governors to keep their state shut down while the red states open. So what's going to happen? The blue state people are going to sit around, and the blue state governors and the Democrats in the blue states are going to say, you people stay at home because the red state people, they're going to pay taxes, and they're going to get the economy going. And then we're going to seize that money, and we're going to pay you to sit at home. So – it's not just going to be New York and California. We're going to have Michigan and Maine and, and uh, Connecticut and Oregon and, and who knows which other states. They're going to be begging for bailouts now. I mean, this is getting to be ridiculous, folks. And again, this is common sense. This shouldn't be a D versus R thing. And by no means should we expect the red states and the wonderful people in Georgia and Texas and Oklahoma and South Dakota, North Dakota, Alabama, Carolinas, uh, by no means should, should they, the, those good people bear the burdens of a blue state who doesn't want to open because they're loving this fascist power that they have now come to embrace. This is this is look, folks. This is not hyperbole. Uh, this is happening, and and everything I am telling you, you can look up for yourself. Uh, so let me get back into a little bit of this. Uh, well, actually, I had a listener uh, listener question. is a is a good question. It's kind of where I was going with with this next segment here. Uh, the question coming in from the listener is: Why isn't the Obama administration being held accountable? for what they did to the incoming Trump administration. And unless you've been living under a rock or you're just an absolute Democrat sycophant, then you if you don't know already, you're going to come to learn, and you should be learning in the past over this weekend, last week, this weekend, and then this week what's coming out now that they're declassifying uh, the Adam Schiffless Schiff's papers and, and uh, documents. From the Russia investigation, from the impeachment, you know, with these documents, as they become declassified, we're finding out the truth. And one thing that we know now, 100% that we know now, is that 
McCabe and Comey and and Adam Schiff and Pelosi and all the Democrats, um, uh, Clapper, Brennan, all these people that were running around on CNN and TV lying to your face, telling you it led by Adam Schiff who is a so-called representative from California, lying to your face telling you that they've seen evidence. And yes, there is evidence. There's evidence of Russia collusion. There's evidence of this. There's evidence over here. There's evidence over there. Everything they were saying, they were saying on TV. Why? Because, folks, you can get on TV and you can lie and you you can't be prosecuted for it. Adam Schiff can lie all day long. Ladies and gentlemen, if you went and said, we the people, if we went to our house of representatives or our floor of the Senate, yes, folks, ours, this is our government of the people, by the people, for the people. If you and I, any of us, any of us, we the people went to the halls of Washington and told one itty little bitty lie, or even if we did a misstatement that they could call a lie, we can go to jail. But your elected congressman, Representative Adam Schiff from California, can sit in the halls of Congress and lie to you every day. And Adam Schiff did it. You can go back, folks, and look this up. And again, I'm not angry. I'm just right. But Adam Schiff is on show after show after show telling you and we the people that he personally had evidence of Russia collusion. He had evidence of Trump-Russia collusion. But, folks, now that we are seeing the declassified papers, the, the declassified conversations, Adam Schiff knew that he was lying because in the papers when they were doing the under oath things and they were interviewing people never once not ever could they admit that there was there was evidence in fact all the papers and documents are showing that they were there was no evidence of Russia collusion Adam Schiff knew it Adam Schiff kept asking people in his little basement hut where he was uh, secluding everyone so he could do the questions he wanted to do those people could not verify. As much as Adam Schiff wanted it to be true, there was never any evidence of Russia collusion with the Trump administration or anyone involved with Trump. Not a smidgen of evidence. And now we know this because of all the documents that are coming out. We know this, folks. So Adam Schiff lied to you, but he can lie. Because he is exempt from prosecution because he's in the uh, he's a representative. Pretty sad, folks. And Clapper and Brennan and Comey and McCabe and Stroke, they can all go on TV and lie to your face because they can't be prosecuted for lying on TV. But when they were under oath, Clapper and Brennan, all, all of them, Comey, McCabe, when they were under oath, look at the documents, folks. They said no Russia collusion here. We have no evidence of collusion. No, 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 no. That was the word of the day. But then when they got out in front of TV and CNN, oh, yes, there's collusion. Of course he's an, a Russian agent. So, folks, you've got to understand what was going on if you didn't know now the documents are out there for you to see and so what has to be asked now and i am sorry for all of you sycophants out there and all you people who just love and adore uh, the anointed one who was obama barack obama the question and this is where i'm getting to the listener's question 
is why hasn't the Obama administration been held accountable? So the question needs to be asked. What did the Obama administration know and when did they know it? This is a, a basic question that needs to be asked. Look, Obama's bringing this on himself. The, uh, just the other day or over the weekend, Obama came out of hiding, his little hiding wherever he's been hiding. He's, he's, he's out there now, and he's blaming – he's trying to blame President Trump for the Wuhan corona COVID-19 virus. He is out there now trying to shift – Basically, what Obama is doing is going, hey, all you out there in the media, this is what I want you to do. This is, I'm going to show you. You've got to take the narrative and, and move it to blaming Trump for the coronavirus because we, we can't have them investigating the Flynn case. Now that the documents are declassified and we are seeing the actual words from Clapper and Brenner and the testifying that they did and Page and McCabe and Adam Schiff, now we're seeing that not only was there no proof or no evidence of Russia collusion, now there's evidence pointing to Obama knew exactly what was going on. The Obama administration, or the O'Biden administration, as Biden likes to call it, knew exactly what was going on. Folks, you can't say now that the Obama administration didn't know that there was spying going on the Trump administration. When, the Trump, when President Trump was elected and his team was coming in, they were spying but well they were spying before the election well now we know we know there's there's evidence everywhere now in text messages and in documents that have been declassified that potus back then which was obama knew what was going on he knew about and he knew about flynn folks President Obama, who chose to uphold or, or pledged to uphold the United States Constitution as our president, was willing to take a three-star general and allow him to be framed. This is awful, ladies and gentlemen. This should never happen in this country. And and if you need to, if you don't know the story with General Flynn, then please look it up. Use uh, DuckDuckGo. If Google may, if they're not showing the results then look at DuckDuckGo uh, look up General Flynn now it's 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 out there we know this for 100% fact true General Flynn was was he he was framed and look you need only look up Cuomo go go Cuomo <laughs> Comey go look up Comey he's on video this is how cocky this man is he was on video Talking to, uh, I don't remember what liberal group or some TV show, whatever he was, somewhere he was speaking to a group of people. And he admitted, they asked him, how did you get FBI agents to be able to talk to Flynn? And he admitted and joke, and even with a smile on his face, I sent them in. And he even admitted that he broke protocol. He never once contacted the, the legal, uh, the, the legal group in, you know, every president has a legal team. And whenever FBI or any agents go to the White House, they have to first confer with the legal team of the president. He didn't, Comey didn't, Comey didn't do that. He admitted to not doing that. He admitted to sending in two FBI agents because he said, you know what? There's a little chaos going on right now because the Obamas are out. The Trumps are in. Trump's trying to put his team together. There's some chaos. Let's see if we can get away with sending in two Trump, two FBI agents to speak to Flynn. And let's tell Flynn that this is not an investigation. They told General Flynn he didn't need a lawyer because they convinced General Flynn that this wasn't a questioning of him. They just wanted to talk to him. 
And that's how they framed him, folks. That's that's a very Cliff Notes version of what they did, but that's what they did. And you can look it up for yourself. And now the documents that came out last week, the documents over this weekend and documents coming out this weekend are all showing that it was true that General Flynn was set up. General Flynn didn't lie. Obama's out there trying to convince you that that Flynn was just let off from perjury. Folks, General Flynn was never charged with perjury. All right? Look it up. He 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 may have been arrested for willfully and willfully and knowingly uh giving uh in false material to the FBI or something like that, but it was not convicted for perjury look it up so obama's either lying to you or he's just being obama so all right folks we got to take the break here we'll be right back don't go anywhere you're listening to america's Red radio on point with victor the disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge not just for the person suffering its effects but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp what should be the course of treatment who is the best person to render treatment and what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctor's conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we are back, folks. Hey, folks, before I get into this next segment, i got to say this again. I know I've said it before, but... um, you can be a patron of On Point with Victor. And, and look, folks, it costs money to do what we do here at America's Web Radio. And, the, and you can actually be a part of the On Point with Victor show. And I want to thank some listeners down in Daytona. Uh, they, they were one of the first patrons to sign up. Uh, and basically, if you, if you go to America's Web Radio and click on On Point with Victor, you can find out all the details on how you too can become a patron. But, but we've got a few people like the listeners in Daytona who have signed up. And they, what they do is they, you pledge any amount of money you can 
just to support this show. And uh, you pledge a certain whatever you can afford per month, and it just it really really helps us out. It helps the the, the it helps the show and it helps you be part of the show. And eventually, we're going to have uh, something that that anyone who is a patron is going to receive uh, either a T-shirt or, or we're coming up with something. In fact, we've got some killer T-shirts from some listeners down in Florida who have made uh, on point with Victor's T-shirts. So uh, as soon as those are available, I'll let you know. So, uh, all right, uh, let's do this. Um, I want to run down and get to a couple of more points, other things here. Now, I, I, you guys who listen to me and know me, you know I don't usually like bringing up spouses of the presidents. And I don't like to talk about children of the presidents. You know, that especially the, the children should be off limits completely. Um, you know, first ladies. Yeah, I would comment when they get into different uh, organizations or, you know, they like to lead up different things. And, and so, yeah, sometimes it's appropriate to talk about that. But I, I try and stay away from, from most of this uh, talking about spouses or children. But I do have to bring this something up in terms of Michelle Obama. And the reason why I'm going to do it is because there are a, lo- a lot of you out there who have been asking me. And there's a lot of uh, going on in the media because there's there's a, a, a narrative out there, which I, I don't put a lot of stock into. But, but there is a media-driven narrative out there of, of getting Biden off the ticket and Michelle on the ticket or getting Biden to choose Michelle to be his VP. Um I don't think either one of those things are going to happen, but uh, but but since Michelle's name is coming up, uh, I do want to uh, bring something up. So there, uh, if you don't know already, um, the Obamas, uh, Michelle and Barack, uh, put together a film for Netflix. Uh, they, they were paid I don't know how much money. Uh, again. I told you before that Michelle, I don't think Michelle would run for president or take the VP job because she loves her newfound riches. You know, the Obamas didn't go into the White House rich, but they sure came out rich. And now they're just getting richer and richer by the day. Um, look, I, Kuda, I, Power to you if you can become uh, one of the rich, uh, one of the 1%. I love it. Now, the Obamas, they're beyond 1% or percenters now. Um, but anyway, so they get paid to do this film for Netflix. And there is – now, look, when you're the Obamas, you're getting all kinds of hype. So they hyped the crap out of this Netflix show. And uh, look, I – I, I'm just reporting the news, okay? This is this is just the news I'm reporting. This is not my opinion. Um, the Obama flip film, it came out on Netflix. It came out during the height of the quarantine. So when everybody was confined to their homes and had nothing to do but watch TV, this uh, show came out. And it flopped. Uh, and, you again, don't take my word for it. You can look up the Variety articles. Look up the other critics who wrote articles. Uh, the show is a flop. So the reason I bring this up is because if you listen to the media, if you listen to the Democrats, if you listen to to the lamestream media, or oh, just you know what I'm talking about, CNN, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, PBS, CBS, NPR, the the gambit. If you listen to them, you would think, according to them, that every person in the United States loves and adores the Obamas. You would think that the the American people, all of us, just put them on a pedestal and just say they can do no wrong. Well, if that were the case, then explain to me why this film flopped. 
because it did. It flopped. And if your film in the middle of a quarantine, when everyone is forced in their homes, has nothing to do but watch TV, and you still flop, then there's probably an underlying message there. And and I bring this up because I've never bought into the notion that the Obamas were that popular. I know they're popular with a certain group of Democrats and, and maybe some people out there. But the country as a whole does not look to the Obamas for guidance. Uh, do you want proof? Hillary Rodham Clinton. If the Obamas were held to such regard, Hillary would be your president right now. And thank God she is not. So uh, so I, I, that's why, like I said, I'm just reporting the news. The show flopped. I mean – People would rather watch Tiger King or whatever that show was <laughs> instead of the, the Obama's documentary. So so I, I just want – you know, look, folks, you can look it up yourself. So I, I bring that up also because uh, I keep getting questions about people who are afraid that Michelle's going to run for president or they're afraid that she's going to be the VP choice for Biden. And I just – look, folks, I just don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I don't think she's as popular as she thinks she is. And now, look, don't 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 mistake – I I do believe the Obamas think they are as popular as they think they are. Uh, I believe they think that. They buy into every narrative that comes out of the sycophant media. So don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm not saying that they don't think that they're that popular. I'm just saying that there's evidence out there showing that that's not the truth. Uh, that the people just the, the American people are, are probably ready for the Obamas to say goodbye just as much as they're ready for the Hillarys to hit the road uh, or the Clintons, I should say, the Clintons to hit the road. Um, of course, I, I don't want to say that too loud. I mean, I think Clinton, uh, Hillary's up to like maybe 26 friends who have committed suicide. I do not want to be number 27. So so I'm just going to stop right there. Uh I want to move on to some more breaking news. Uh, this is from the Washington Post. This is not from On Point with Victor. Uh, this is from the Washington Post. So my liberal friends out there that are listening, uh, don't blame me for this. <laughs> this is straight out of the Washington Post. Uh, but Dr. Burks, Dr. Burks. Okay, Dr. Burks is second only to Dr. Fauci. And up until... Yesterday, the uh, the media, the lamestream media, the Democrats—they just they love Dr. Burks because she usually backed up everything that Dr. Fauci was saying. Well, yesterday, I, well, you know what? This might have been last week, folks. Uh, this was, may have been a few days ago, but anyway, Dr. Burks came out and said, "I cannot trust anything the CDC says." <laughs> well, I for one would like to welcome Dr. Burks to the party. Uh, because I have been warning and telling people on this show to be wary of what the CDC says. Be wary of when CDC tries to set policy. And I, my message to Kemp and any other governor is stop letting the CDC tell you how to reopen your state. Look, the CDC gets their funding from the government. And they fund stupid things like uh, why do guns kill people? Okay, the CDC has no business doing anything related to guns, but yet they want to set the agenda and they want to go after the Second Amendment. And then they do things like, why does why do lesbian truck drivers fall asleep? I am not making this stuff up, folks. This is the kind of stuff that comes out of the CDC. So to sit back and take what the CDC says without questioning them is ridiculous. And, and now the media and the Democrats, they love to set the CDC and themselves and the doctors. They love to put them on a pedestal where they are beyond reproach. You cannot, in any circumstance, 
circumstance question the expert of science. You know, that's the kind of crap you're going to get from the Democrats, but you're not going to get it here. And apparently you're not going to get it from Dr. Burks because Dr. Burks said, I cannot trust anything coming from the CDC. That's, I mean, when I heard that, I, I did, I, I, I did the, I sounded like, uh, uh, the mother on South Park. I believe it's, uh, Stan's mother. Uh, I, I did the, what? Uh, because that that's amazing that Dr. Burke. So, if you haven't heard it, that's what Dr. Dr. Burks said the other day. I cannot believe a thing that's coming out of the CDC. So, you can expect it's not going to be long before, if it hasn't happened already, and I know it has, uh, the attacks that are going to that are, that are headed towards Dr. Burke's way. Uh, the the turning that the Democrats and the media is going to do now, and and the the focus they're going to put on Dr. Burke's, uh, they're going to come after her because boy, she just she did something that is a no no. She questioned the CDC, um, and this happened uh, in a in a discussion she was having with uh, with uh, Robert Redfield, who is the CDC director. So they were having a discussion. It was the whole team corona team in a discussion with the cdc director but in this this moment there was a discussion going on between dr burks and robert redfield the cdc director and uh dr burks became frustrated with the cdc's now listen to this folks listen to this get in closer and listen to me well uh what dr burks had a problem with was the apparent um, inflating of let's let's put it the apparent inflating of the mortality rate numbers, the case count that the CDC's putting out there. Dr. Burke's question: Why is the CDC uh, inflating their numbers to the tone of twenty five percent? So that's twenty five percent more or extra in the in the their numbers they're reporting on the mortality rate. And uh, the uh, case count, folks, 25% is a big number. And so Dr. Burks had the audacity to question Robert Redfield, the CDC director. So, I, I look, I, I'm proud of Dr. Burks because I haven't agreed with everything she's been saying um, because she does buy into this shutting down things and all that business. Uh, but I will, but kudos to her for, for, for questioning the CDC. And I love it. Uh, and I tell you what, she's going to catch a lot of flack for it. And I hope she doesn't backtrack. I really, really hope she doesn't backtrack. So, all right, folks, we, I, this is about all I have for today. I, I can't get into, I wanted to get into the Georgia news about, uh, uh, Ahmaud Aubrey, who was an awful shooting. Uh, folks, if it had to me, those guys need to be arrested who did that, but we can get into that next week. Uh, have a great week, folks. This has been On Point with Victor. Stay tuned for Locked and Loaded with Roger B. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.